This is NTL Now, your Northern Tier League sports podcast. NTL Now is brought to you by Circle W Sports, the new name in the game for high school sports. Now let's join the hosts of NTL Now, along with Joe Carrion, here's Shane Wilbur. It's another week for the Northern Tier League Now podcast, and ladies and gentlemen, we are back together. That's right, by we, I mean the band is back together as Joe Carrion joins me for yet another week, and Joe, so glad to have you back after a little hiatus. I know, I feel like I take way too much time off. But it was my son's second birthday. Probably had to be there for that. But I appreciate you, you picking up the slack, buddy. Hey, it's no worries at all. And uh, glad to be able to be here and uh, get this going. So basically, the synopsis of this week's episode is we're going to do kind of a fall season recap on a lot of the things that uh, happened around the Northern Tier League this year. Now, normally, you and I, we get into this long-winded banter here to start the podcast. But this week, a little bit different because it is uh, a kind of a fall season wrap, I thought, you know what, we need to hear from one of the league's premier NTL soccer players, and for that, we go right to the hotline this week, Joe, as we get to welcome in from the Tawanda Lady Black Knights, Senior Tegan Willie. Tegan, it's been kind of a awesome soccer season here for the Lady Black Knights. I'm curious, uh, you know, you and your teammates obviously had a lot of discussions in the offseason. Uh, what were some of the goals you were setting for this uh, upcoming soccer season for your senior year? Um, one of our goals we had set right from the beginning was um, just to win a district game. We, Our team hasn't really been into districts in a really long time. And last year we were actually supposed to go to districts, but something happened, a game got added, and then when we lost that game, we ended up not being in districts anymore. So this year it was a lot more important for us to get into districts and win our first district game. Tegan, what was your uh... – you guys had a very successful season, but what was your uh, your favorite win this year? Mm, I feel like everybody would probably already know the answer to this since it was like kind of unexpected. But my favorite win was the district game over Troy because they've always been such like a good rival, and I have a best friend on that team, so we've always been competing. And I don't know to beat them since we haven't we've always gotten beaten by them. It was like probably the best feeling ever to win that game very a very like accomplished feeling what I think was really awesome about this Lady Black Knights team, Tegan, was, you know, everybody talked about, you know, Athens or Troy all season long. You know, they were going to be the teams that were battling at the top. But Tawanda, just somehow, you guys hung around throughout the season. I mean, you never really were the splashy or the flashy team. You just always stayed fundamentally sound. And you guys were so defensively intense that you just managed to hang in games and hang around throughout the year. Yeah, we worked a lot on defense this year because we didn't really know how the other teams would look since a lot of seniors had graduated from last year. So we worked a lot on having a solid defense. And throughout the year, we started doing more offensive work. And a lot of people can say, like, at the beginning of our season, our games were a lot more defensive-minded. But towards the end of the season, our attack definitely became a lot stronger as well. 
which is how we ended up beating Troy. What was the biggest thing that helped your your squad propel you guys in districts? I know you guys had a lot of marquee wins, but what what factor that people don't see, you know, from you guys playing really helped you guys be successful this year? Um, a lot of throughout like the regular season, like it was kind of just like regular games, like we were all used to it. But once we finally like got into our first district game, it all became like. Like, it all hit us. They're like, wow, like, this could actually happen. We could actually, like, make something new out of Tawanda soccer. We could actually be the team to make the change. So it kind of all just, like, it was kind of like a slap in the face to everybody that was like, you kind of got to turn up now. Like, it's now or never. So everybody was all in all the time. And it was just, like, we were all so positive with each other. It made a big change. Tegan, you can just hear the selflessness and kind of the – team first attitude in your uh, voice and my question to you is how awesome was this for you to be able to share this with this group of girls the success that you guys had this year like out of all the years all the teams I've played with this year's team was definitely one of my favorites and I grew up with a lot of these girls and I played with them since I was younger and since we all started playing soccer at such a young age we've all like known each other and became friends through other sports so we it was, I don't know, we all just had such a good bond with each other and everybody just clicked really well. And I don't know, that I think that's part of what made us so successful is we were all friends and it was all positive and everybody was trying to help everybody out. Like it wasn't one person was the star. Like we were all very equal with each other and everybody wanted everybody to score. Like there wasn't an odd man out at, like at all. So now, you know, you kind of sit back and – reflect on this entire season as a whole and I mean what are what are just some things that you know you're going to take from this senior season of soccer you know you say how it was probably the best season the best team that you've played with but I mean what for you you know personally will you take out of this year I definitely learned a lot about like myself this year a lot of people would constantly tell me to be selfish with the ball but I could never find that within myself to be selfish like people tell me oh be selfish do this do that score these goals and I just had to wait for it to come like I never wanted to do that I always wanted everybody else to have a chance to the thing that helped the most was when you just kind of let it all go forget it person says sorry or sorry arguments over you forget you move on it just helps a lot when you're able to do that and not like hold grudges on people that's definitely the biggest thing I've taken out of that season was to forgive and forget Tegan I gotta ask you how does it feel to be voted offensive player of the year by the coaches I didn't even know I got voted for it until one of my teachers today in school congratulated me on it and I was like huh and they were like you didn't know and I was like no I had no idea but I was really excited like honestly I didn't even know that was an award because I've never been given it so like I didn't even know I was hoping that I would get some cool award or something because I have worked really hard but I just wasn't really like expecting it I guess it feels awesome like it definitely makes me feel like all the hard work I've put into everything has paid off and 
all the support from all my teammates and Coach Pico. And- so, Tegan, now, of course, you know, your your high school soccer career is over. Uh, you know, I've kind of, you know, had some conversations behind the scenes, you know, that, uh, you know, you are potentially looking at, you know, maybe extending your game to the next level as well. I mean, uh, what's going to be like the, the work ethic for you moving forward now? Because, I mean, you still have, you know, high school classes to finish and uh, moving forward. I mean, if you have those kind of aspirations, what's that going to be like here coming for Tegan in the future? Like, I do really want to play in college, and I still have my travel season ahead of me. So that just, it's all coming to an end. I don't have any more, like, high school seasons left. So I really have to put all of my work into this coming travel season to leave my best mark and put the best effort in and let everybody know that I meant business when I played and stuff. So I do want to play in college, so I that just really means I'm going to have to start working harder to impress college coaches and all that stuff. Well, Tegan, you know, it's been a lot of fun having you here on this uh, NTL fall season wrap. And, you know, I know you've got a lot of memories in the memory bank that you're going to be able to take with you now uh, throughout uh, the rest of your life. And uh, I know you're excited to have and share this uh, amazing season uh, with your coaches, your teammates, uh, your family, your friends, and everybody else. And, uh, again, uh, just thank you so much for uh, taking some time with us here and uh, joining us on the NTL Now podcast. No problem. Thank you very much. All right. That was senior Tegan Willie from the Tawanda Lady Black Knights right here on the Northern Tier League Now podcast. Now, of course, coming up here in the podcast this week, we've got a lot to cover. We're going to talk North Penn Liberty Volleyball as their season continues on into the state championship coming up later this week. And also coming up here on the podcast, Joe and I, we're going to break down some Northern Tier League and District 4 football as well as we put a wrap and a bow on top of the football season as well. So stick with us. Still more to come here on the NTL Now podcast. Back with an interview with Garrett Carr and North Penn Liberty Volleyball. That's coming up right here on the Northern Tier League Now podcast after this quick timeout from Circle W Sports. Growing up in a small town. It's important to get your name out there if you want to play at the next level. Circle W Sports helped me get the exposure I needed. It's really been a one-stop shop for college coaches where they can go in there and they can find information about not only one player, but the rest of our team, guys that they might not be thought they were interested in before they went to the website. So Circle W has really done that. It links highlight films, contact information, and everything that the coach would need. Circle W Sports, the new name in the game for high school sports. joined now by Garrett Carr here on the NTL Now podcast. Of course, Garrett, he has had the privilege of covering this North Penn Liberty volleyball run here throughout the postseason that they've been going. And Garrett, I talked to Coach Nowry a little bit. I want to get kind of a media insight into uh, this whole run here through the postseason. Now, of course, you followed them uh, pretty much since districts. Uh, What's it been like kind of from the outside watching this team perform as they've gone on this state run now? Yeah, actually, Shane, I've I watched them play a couple times in, in the regular season as well uh, when they had showdowns with Wellsboro, who now looks to be like a pretty good team as Wellsboro's uh, the only one that's taken a set off them all year in PA. And the thing that sticks out to me about this team is mental toughness, number one. They are so mentally tough. They're focused on every point. It's incredible. I've watched them play now eight matches, and there isn't one point that they just kind of 
dilly-dally around with. Their mental toughness, their focus is, is top-notch. It's something you don't see at the high school level, and it's something that a lot of college coaches would want, too. What I love about this team is, uh, like you said, you know, the, the mental toughness, but it seems like they're always out to kind of assert their will on teams. And, of course, you know, as we've seen, they pretty much have dominated ever since uh, this postseason run began. However, you know, uh, in the matchup with Trinity in the state semifinals, that was really, I think, where we got to see just how mentally tough they were uh, as you were there live to watch it. Uh, they had to really uh, kind of dig within themselves to uh, come back and really put things uh, together with Trinity last night. Well, and you bring up a good point there, and both of those things kind of happened in the match. In the first two sets, they got out to, I believe, a six-point lead in the first set, and I know it was a seven-point lead in the second set at 17-10, and, and so, you know, they did assert their will, and, you know, I'm sitting here as someone who's covered a lot, and I'm saying, here we go again. The train has started down the tracks, and credit Trinity, who did not give in, they they showed mental toughness. You know, they came out of a timeout at 22-21 leading in the first set and played the best point of the year that I saw them play. Uh, the rallies on Twitter. I'll actually send it over to you, Shane, so you can retweet it for the listeners. But it was a minute-long rally, some amazing digs by both teams. And then it was Hannah Bowen, who, who starts for them as a two-year starter, but doesn't get a lot of opportunities to attack is, you know, doesn't show up in the stat sheet and she's who finished it off. And it's not just a few girls who are, who play in the moment and have that mental toughness. You know, it's all of them. And in volleyball, you need that because it's not like basketball where you can run ISO, you know, down the floor or, you know, football, just, you know, give it to the quarterback. Um, it's all of them. And we saw that in that five point run, you so- know, when they were down 24, 21, one bad touch, and the set's over, it's 1-1, and you've lost all the momentum. And they played perfect for five points in a row against a really, really good Trinity team. So take me inside what it's like, you know, with this North Penn Liberty team. You know, what's, what's kind of the feel of this team that you get? I mean, are, are they starting to feel the pressure, or is this a team that you feel like, you know what, they're playing with house money, and they're just playing as free and as loose as can be? That's a good question, Shane. Uh, I, I usually talk to Coach Nari when I get into the gym. I like to get into the gym pretty early uh, before matches. And I didn't think their, I guess you'd call it a pre-warm-up yesterday, looked that great. And I look, walked up to her and I said, they look tight. And she said, no, they're just jittery. They're, they, they were loud on the bus and all that. I think it's kind of, kind of a combination of play with house money, but I think this is a team that once they beat Holy Redeemer – once they got that monkey off their back and they realized that, oh, we belong in the state tournament, this is a team that, that believes that they're the best team in the state. So as you look now, you've got uh, North Penn Liberty still with one more task at hand. Uh, of course, you know, they'll have North Catholic coming up on Saturday. They'll play them at Cumberland Valley High School coming up at 1 o'clock. Uh, you had the opportunity to talk with uh, Coach Nowry after last night's uh, performance with Trinity. Uh, Garrett, my question is, you know, what was uh, Coach Nowry's thoughts, you know, uh, after, after defeating Trinity, but also now uh, looking ahead in uh, preparations for what's uh, going to be their state final on Saturday I think the first thing was like let's enjoy this let's let this sink in and they deserve that I mean they're the champions of the eastern side of the bracket they've beaten the best team out of Allentown they've beaten 
the best team out of Harrisburg, and they've beaten the best team out of Scranton Wilkes-Barre. From a going forward perspective, it's been like this all year. They're going to go in, and they're not going to change much of what they do. You know, they're going to scout, and they're going to be well-prepared, and they were really well-prepared for Shirney, by the way. They believe that if they play their game, they're a really tough out, and they are. It's hard for me to see anyone beating these guys in three sets just because of the constant pressure they put on you, the fact that they aren't going to give you points, and to put it simply, they just don't give up. So how cool has this run been to follow, you know, just kind of from like your own fanboy perspective? I mean, you know, Joe and I admitted earlier in this season, and even Coach Nowry admitted herself that, you know what, this probably came out of nowhere. Like, I think a lot of teams thought, or a lot of people, a lot of fans in the volleyball world thought, man, North Penn Liberty lost so much. Like, they've got to take a step back. And now here they find themselves, you know, playing in the state final on Saturday. And what I'm curious about is, you know, I mean, you follow the NTL sports scene as well as anybody. Does this run seem so magical that, you know, how did they do this with, you know, graduating so many seniors? The depth of this program is something people don't talk about. You know, I don't want to put them on the level of Southern Columbia, who's, who's going for district championship number 29 on Saturday. But, I mean, this is a program who went undefeated in JV this year and went undefeated in junior high. And they've been undefeated in JV last year and undefeated in junior high the year before. You know, you look at a player like Allie Koval, she stepped into some really big shoes for Dhoni. And to me, I, you know, in this playoff run, Allie Koval is head and shoulders the best libero I've seen. And it's not even really close. The word magical, listen, I think it's always magical when small towns make runs. The word I don't want to use is improbable because if you watch this team play, you realize pretty quick they're pretty darn good. And you can ask Coach Nowry this, but after they played Wellsboro the first time, going into that match, both teams were 8 or 9-0 and and hadn't lost a set all year. And it was over at Wellsboro, big match, and North Carolina Liberty blew them out of the gym. And I then met her before, and I introduced myself, and I looked at her, I said, this team could win a state championship. And she looked at me like, you know, I had three heads. And I talked to her, I reminded her of that last night, and she's like, yeah, I like your plan a lot better. So magical, yeah. You know, it's cool to make these kind of runs. Improbable, no. The talent they replaced was really good, but the players they replaced them with are also really good. You know, Madison Mino played middle hitter for them last year um, in the years past. She slid out to outside hitter, and all she's done – has made herself a rock for first-team All-State. I mean, the Trinity coaches sang her praises last night pretty loud and clear. She's been incredible. Football's been incredible. You know, the two middle hitters who did not play much last year in Grace Tice and Welch, uh, they've actually increased the team's blocking rate from last year by double. Uh, and then Peyton Nolak has stepped in at the other opposite hitter position and has done a nice job, as well as the coach's daughter, Julie Nari who did a really good job running the offense opposite JoJo McNamara. Love all this insight, Garrett. I mean, this team has been awesome, and I'm sure you're just having a blast covering it now. I mean, how exciting has this been for you just to be in the mix of all of this and kind of following this run as it's gone? What I love about this team is they do things the right way. They hustle. They're classy. I've interviewed these girls a lot, and you cannot get them to talk about themselves even like you really want to. I, I Sometimes I have to stop and say, 
you know, I appreciate you talking about your teammates, but I really, you know, would like to an- you to answer this question about you. I'm not going to lie to you. After that second set last night where they came back, I had goosebumps. I mean, that that was one of the coolest things I'd seen in sports. It, it was just, you know, this team to me embodies everything that's right about high school sports. They're great in and out of the classroom. I, I, I just heard today that every single girl on the varsity roster made a high honor roll for the first marking period. They play together. It's the team, the team, the team. It's never individual. They share in the glory. I don't know how anyone could not enjoy watching this team. Well, sounds like it's going to be a fun ride to Cumberland Valley coming up on Saturday when North Penn Liberty takes on North Catholic coming up at 1 o'clock. And, uh, Garrett, I'm sure you're looking forward to the state final. And, again, uh, big thanks to you for stopping by and kind of giving us uh, that media insight into what it's like uh, with this North Penn Liberty volleyball team. Yeah, no problem. It's been great. You know, this is my first year covering local high school sports, but to cover a team that's this good is, you know, actually dumb luck at this point. Thanks for having me, though. I, I do appreciate it. You can follow the NTL Now podcast on social media. Follow NTL Now on Facebook by searching NTL Now Podcast and on Twitter by following at NTL Now. Remember, folks, you can follow all the happenings in the Northern Tier League by going online to ntlsports.com. Also, you can follow the Northern Tier League on Facebook by searching Northern Tier League and, of course, uh, on Twitter as well at NTL Athletics. So, Joe Carrion rejoining us now here in the NTL Now podcast. And, of course, again, a big thanks to Garrett Carr for uh, kind of giving a, a little more insight, kind of the outside looking in at this North Penn Liberty volleyball team. And, of course, uh, best of luck to the Lady Mounties as they get ready to head to Cumberland Valley High School coming up Saturday where they will play at 1 o'clock, taking on the District 7 runner-up, North Catholic. And, Joe, we've had so many opportunities this season to talk with uh, Coach Jennifer Nowry from North Penn Liberty. And I'm telling you, you won't find a better interview of a coach, just somebody who's just really in tune with her team. Yeah, she knows what they're doing from the X's and O's. Uh, I think from a technical standpoint, those girls are obviously second to none because they're now going to play for a state title this weekend. So it's really been incredible to see their run. And, I mean, I, I got to tip my cap to them. I, I know I said in the beginning of the season I didn't think they would be where they're at. I thought Wellsboro would kind of win the district. And here's the North Penn Liberty Lady Mounties playing for a state title. It's been awesome to see. You know, I mean, they got the Holy Redeemer monkey off their back. They defeat Trinity earlier this week. And, of course, now, uh, you know, it's off and going as they now uh, get ready to take on North Catholic coming up Saturday. So, hey, Coach Nowry, keep going. Keep doing what you're doing, and to the Lady Mounties, uh, get out there, play your heart out, and uh, keep going. I mean, you guys have been just fantastic this year. Represent the NTL with pride, and, uh, you know, however Saturday turns out, I mean, the NTL is just so proud of you, and I know there's going to be a lot of NTL support. Also, you know, from opposing schools, that'll be heading down to uh, cheer on the Lady Mounties on Saturday. Yeah, it's going to be great to see. I already know of a lot of uh, media outlets from the local area who are going to be going down to cover the Lady Mounties. So from a former uh, uh, 
journalists who used to cover them. I wish them the best of luck, and I think it's just an exciting time around uh, Tioga County just to see that team doing so well. All right, so, yes, again, good luck to the Lady Mounties, and again, they'll be at Cumberland Valley High School coming up 1 o'clock Saturday afternoon for the state AA title, taking on District 7 runner-up North Catholic. Northern Tier League football season, though, has uh, seen its season come to a close as the final three remaining uh, Northern Tier League teams. Now, of course, I know some folks out there may be saying, well, technically, Muncie's off to the uh, states now. You know, they've won the District 4 crown. But you know what? When I think of Northern Tier League, Muncie's only in it for football. So, you know, if, if you want to be a true NTLer, you've got to be in it for all the sports. But, uh, you know, kudos to Muncie, though. They, they did pick up the win uh, last Friday night over Canton. But, uh, you know, when we talk about the final three remaining, of course, you've got North Penn, uh, Mansfield, obviously Troy, and, of course, Canton to me, uh, who were the last three true Blue Bloods uh, remaining in the Northern Tier League. And, uh, unfortunately, uh, for all of our area teams, uh, last week in the district playoffs, the Northern Tier League football season came to a close. But, man, it was just – it was great efforts – all around, and uh, a couple of, uh, I, I think you could say, really uh, kind of tight-knit ball games as well uh, last week, too. Yeah, really, I think one of the best matchups we saw last weekend was obviously, you know, Muncie and Canton. Um, it, it was close down the down the wire, but two years now in a row that Muncie has, has upended the Warriors, it's, it's tough to see that regime of, uh, you know, Bailey, Garrett Storch, and, and – and those guys uh, have to go out and not be able to win a, a district title. But I know that they played their tails out for this Canton Warriors football team. You know, and it was crazy because, you know, when you think about it and you do the math and you want to talk about a team that was literally right on the cusp, okay, this has been two years as the runner-up for this Canton football team. Two years, two games, defeats by a total of six points. I mean, that is just, you know, a feeling that is, you know, it's gut-wrenching, obviously, you know, and you saw a lot of hanging heads uh, after the game, and most notably so, because, you know, that's just kind of in the moment and how it is. But the one thing that I had the opportunity to talk with a few of the players afterwards, and uh, most of them were, were all seniors, and I said, guys, I said, this is what you need to understand, is you have had two of the most magical seasons that Canton football has had in the longest time. It has been since 1990 since Canton has won a district final. It has been since 1997 since they had played in a district final. Now, of course, last year was the first year they'd been there since 97, and then this year, of course. So, I mean, it had been since 1997 since the football program had been there. They've been there the last two years, and you just feel like it's an inching step up steps and right now you know it's uh it's kind of a sour taste but at the same time I mean if you're the coaching staff you've got to feel really good about where this program is because you're so close and you just keep getting better by the season yeah I mean Canton football I think for the better part of the last decade has not been very successful and now they've had two really good seasons I mean they've been building to these to where they're at now Mm -hmm. over the last few years but yeah, it's like you said, they they are building. I, I think they are the early favorite to win districts next year simply because you bring back Benjamin Knapp. 
Um, a lot of those junior players this year, Cooper Kishin got some some very meaningful snaps. Uh, and then you also get back Timmy Ward, you know, one of the most polarizing players in the NTL. So I think Canton, don't hang your heads. I think that I think the Canton the Warriors are the early favorite next year to win this district title. What I love about this Canton team and something you can't overlook. Think about the freshmen that took so many meaningful snaps this year. You had the likes of Hayden Ward, Riley Parker, Brennan Taylor, and of course, you know, they even had some sophomores blending in as well that are getting in there. You're going to get Caden Williams back, who was your starting left tackle. He was just a sophomore. You know, they lost him, you know, to a bone break early in the season. So, I mean, there's still some pieces that grew this year and, you know, some pieces you're going to put back in, as you said. So, I mean, if you were the Canton football program right now, I mean, for the seniors, yes, this is very heartbreaking. But on the same side of it, I mean, this is a football program that is really in very good shape. And as you said, looking forward uh, to next year, some great things in. Now, the one thing that is going to maybe play a factor in all of this, and it's going to affect uh, a lot of the teams here around the Northern Tier League, is PIAA reclassification comes into effect in 2020. Our school's going to go up. Our school's going to come down. We don't know how this is going to work yet, so we'll just kind of have to wait and see uh, how the football season gets affected next year. But, yes, great season to Coach Sechrist, uh, Coach Kitchen, Coach Bellows, Coach Raynard, and the crew uh, over there in uh, Canton for a great job done uh, on the varsity side. Uh, coach Route as well, have to mention him. I mean, he's obviously like my junior high head coach. If I don't plug him, can't he's going to be like, wait a minute, Shane. did you forget me or something? Jeez. No, I can't do that. But, no, seriously, great job this year uh, to the Canton uh, – uh, football team on a great season on the flip side now and I talked with Mitch Rupert about this last week North Penn Mansfield of course you knew they were going to the juggernaut they were heading down to Southern Columbia and obviously you know that ended the way it did North Penn Mansfield loses by a score of 42 to nothing in the district semi but man what a great two years for that program I mean their season has come to a close both times on the road I think last year was Mount Carmel though and uh, yes, and then of course, uh, you know, this year being Southern Columbia, but I mean, that's just a program this year, you know, they had their ups and downs, their hills and valleys, but still a great season overall for the North Penn Mansfield Panthers. And, you know, Rupert pointed this out last week. And, uh, you know, this is why I love having Mitch around because he always makes just these little niche points that sometimes I don't even think about. But North Penn Mansfield found their quarterback this year. Colton Litzelman grew up week by week for this Panther squad. He got better and better each week. He, I mean, he he took, a, a, the, I think, all the snaps from under center uh, with the Panthers. And, and the cool thing, I know that it's, oh, we had to go to Southern Columbia, but they played the eventual, which I think, state champion. That is a, that's a meaningful game. That's meaningful experience they're going to get going into next year. And, I mean, they made it to the district semifinal. That, that's huge. That is huge for this squad considering where they started. Very young. I think they only had two seniors on the team. Beat Not your sure. rival to get to the state semifinal yeah, or the district Wellsboro. semifinals. So, I mean, after losing to Wellsboro in the Morton F. Jones game and then they beat them in the – the first round of districts, it's huge. We saw this team grow up as the season went on, and I think where they ended is a high is a high point for them. There, there's no reason that school should be hanging their heads. That's right, but you know what? Uh, and I don't have their roster in front of me, so I can't tell you you know where they are depth wise as far as what they are going to lose, uh, what they have coming back. But I can tell you, you know, beyond 
uh, Colton Litzelman. You think about, uh, you know, Tokar's on the outside. He may have been one of the fastest receivers uh, I saw all season in the Northern Tier League. Noah Spencer, when he was healthy, a great addition on the offensive side for them as well. In On the interior, Choploski, what a great season he had inside for North Penn Mansfield too. So, yes, the season did not end probably the way they wanted it to, but if you're Coach Dickinson, given the fact where we talked to him at Media Day, knowing that his team had graduated, what do you say, over, I think, 15 seniors they lost? They over- started the year with two seniors this year. So they are bringing back the majority of that roster. That is incredible to think what North Penn Mansfield may have next year. And you know what? Here's something fun. I believe, I can't confirm this, but I believe the next year or next season opening matchup North Penn at Canton for week one. I believe. I can't confirm that right away because I don't know if that's absolutely uh, confirmed, but I think that is uh, definitely something on the agenda. So I I think that's the week one matchup next year, and if it is, we're going to have some fun at Miller A, let me tell you. There's no better way to open the year, especially with the way the last matchup ended in Miller A. Moyer Field with uh, North Penn knocking off Canton, ruining their undefeated bid. So... Woo, could be some fireworks there. Very true. But, of course, uh, you know, the final team that saw their season come to a close uh, last week was a Saturday night, uh, Alperon Park. I was there along with Bob Baker. We were there calling it uh, on Wiggle 100. And, you know, a lot of people asked me during the week, what did I think? You know, I knew Mount Carmel offensively was a powerhouse. I knew and I believed, and they were, I was proven right. Troy could hang with Mount Carmel up front. There was no amount of time up front that Mount Carmel dominated Troy uh, through that ball game. I mean, Troy threw everything at Mount Carmel but the kitchen sink. And, you know, for the Trojans, and if you listen to that ball game, I don't know if you had the chance to. Were you there Saturday night? Yep. Okay. When you looked at that ball game, that first half was an offensive shootout that I didn't see coming. I honestly thought that might be like a 14-7 ball game at the half just because I thought they were going to start slugging it out on the inside and it was just going to be hard to move the ball at all. And all of a sudden, it's a 28-21 ball game mid-second quarter and Bob and I are looking at each other and we're like, where did this offensive slugfest come from? Yeah, it was, it was incredible to see those two teams just going at it in the trenches. I mean, it, it was... But that first half was what you want from district football around here. You, you can't ask for more, but I think we saw it as it moved into the second half. The better team showed itself. Mount Carmel a little more poised, if you will. You know, they, they, they've they played – I'm not going to say Mount Carmel's played bigger games, but they – we saw who the better program was, unfortunately. I mean, Troy hung with them most of the game, but it just – Mount Carmel, you know, they, they wore them down as the game went on. It does, you know, it speaks to the the pedigree of Mount Carmel. You know, you know Troy has been building the last couple of years, of course, you know, talking uh, with offensive coach uh, Joe Millard a couple weeks ago. You know, he even said that, you know, he saw this team coming along, you know, over the last couple of years. It just took him a little time to grow. Mount Carmel's a team right now, probably still is, and uh, Mitch even emphasized it last week. If Mount Carmel's not in District 4, they're probably the team that Southern Columbia may face 
for the state championship. So they are probably the second or third best double-A team in the state. So for Troy, I mean, there is nothing to hang your hat on there. Look at Damian Landon. He still had over 200 yards against one of the more premier programs in the state of Pennsylvania. Finishes his season completed with over 2,000 yards. So, I mean, for Troy, you went out, you gave it your all, you put forth everything you had in the tank and unfortunately you know it's just it was just Mount Carmel's night there's sometimes in the uh, game of football when you just tip your helmet tip your cap and say you know what they were just the better team on that night but for Troy and that coaching staff nothing to hang your hats on they were as well prepared and well uh, organized and well uh, mentally prepared as a team as I've seen ready to face Mount Carmel I mean what Troy does they're not flashy they're not they're not going to spread the ball around like most of the other teams in the league, but they they run the ball and they do it with authority. And I, I think what they did this year was one of the more impressive things we've seen uh, in a while. I I kind of doubted them going into the season, but seeing how they built their offensive and defensive lines and, and just where that, like you said, where that program has been heading, it was just impressive. And when they only lost a bald eagle in week one by a touchdown, we, we knew – we knew they were going to be be at the there at the end, so it was just my my hats off to Troy, spectacular season. But Shane, I got to ask you, where do you think this program? Where are they moving forward? Oh, I think they're in great shape going forward. Now, you are going to have to replace some linemen. That is the one factor Troy's going to have. But think about this: Dom Ayers back for his senior year next year. Caleb Binford, Damian Landon, they're back as well. I think uh, Ridge Spencer's still back. You're going to get your tight end, Jake Dietrich, back, uh, who was unfortunately lost to a knee injury. So if you're Troy, you still have a lot of magical pieces. Here's the thing you got to do, though. You got to re-plug up front. Now, of course, you're going to have Mason Imp back. That's a great starting block to have. Now who plugs in to fill the spots that are left by Jack Impt? Uh, Ryder Lathrop, I believe, is a senior, and I think Mason Robb's another one, or Caden Robb, excuse me, Caden Robb is uh, another one I believe they're going to lose up front too. But, I mean, hey, if you're Troy right now, you are smiling knowing what's coming up. And let's not forget, here's a little bit of an X factor. I don't know if how much varsity time he'll see next year, if any. Coach Smith's son is coming to ninth grade next year. Will he see varsity time? I don't know. But I'm telling you, if he continues to become the athlete that he's shown himself to be, Troy's going to add another cog into that fold as well. So there's a, there's a lot of mix and match pieces that are ready to go here for the Troy Trojans. So, yes, Northern Tier League football is definitely in great shape across the board uh, heading into the 2020 season. But as we look now uh, back on this season, uh, Joe, we did our midseason awards uh, earlier uh, in the podcast uh, timing. But uh, before we get into kind of our end of season awards, you uh, proposed something else uh, here tonight uh, for this edition of the podcast as well that uh, I thought was uh, something fun, something interesting. And uh, I will let you have the floor, Mr. Carry on. All right. Yeah. I just want to briefly talk about what Shane and I thought were our favorite moments or highlights from the year. Um, and I'll lead off. I think that my favorite moment of this year so far was seeing the North Penn Liberty Lady Mounties success. And I remember being on my computer last night and seeing the pictures of them after they clinched the uh, semifinal game. And I, I think that that was kind of my favorite uh, moment, just seeing them, that the joy and elation in their faces 
going to a state final. That's a great memory. And, of course, you know, for you, your pedigree, you know, you've spent a lot of time over in Tioga County doing a lot of work over there in Wellsboro covering, you know, the schools over there in general. So, yes, I can definitely see the uh, personal connotation there. Uh, You know, for me, a a great memory this year, I think, is for the Wyalusing cross-country teams. The fact that both the boys and the girls teams won the district title now uh, coach schools reached out to me uh, a little bit later or earlier today unfortunately i didn't see his email beforehand he was actually willing and wanting to uh, come back on the podcast so hopefully at some point uh, we'll be able to catch up with him but uh, yes one of my awesome memories for this uh, fall season definitely is for the why losing lady rams and why losing ram cross country team for the boys and the girls because it's very rare that uh, you get, you know, the the boys and the girls to do it. I know, you know, Northeast Bradford had a good run there on the boys' side, but you know, to see boys and girls teams come out on top uh, for districts, that's that's a great uh, season for Y losing cross country. Yeah, absolutely, and it's not often you can say both my boys and girls squads, you know, won districts, so that that's huge. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see where that program is uh, next year. So I, I think we'll be talking about them again. Now, of course, uh, you know, we've we both seen some Friday and uh, Saturday football action as well here uh, throughout this Northern Tier League football season. So, Joe, I'm going to ask you this. Do you have uh, a favorite football memory or highlight or moment that uh, you've seen uh, this year personally with your own two eyes? Oh, man, that's tough. I think... I got to divert to the old shoe. Uh, that was a great game. Um, it was amazing to see Troy just just do what they do. That last possession where they just held the ball and just tick-tock, 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 and then just watching them kneel it out for the celebration. I mean, those kids were just so much emotion came over. Uh, I saw some of the, the imp boys with their parents and just – you could tell that was a very satisfying win for them. It, it was it was very cool to see and be there and feel the emotions on the field when that happened. I have uh, a tied for four favorite highlights of mine that I've seen this season. Two are Canton, one is Troy, one is Wellsboro. Wow. Okay, so I will give you my two Canton highlights first that were two of my favorites for the year. And one, I got week one right out of the gate. It was the Garrett Storch block punt at Tawanda where literally he just shoots the gap and comes flying out of nowhere and just like one hand blocks this punt, right? So, okay, that right there was the first Canton highlight of mine that was one of my favorites. But also, the 97-yard sprint by Uriah Bailey at Athens was just awesome. I mean, he's literally standing in the end zone. He takes the snap. You just see a Mack truck hole open to the left, and away he goes. And, I mean, he is on his horse all the way to the end. And uh, for that, that was uh, two of my favorite Canton memories that I saw this year uh, on the highlights. But also uh, uh, another one uh, from Troy was Damian Landon against Lion Mountain in the playoffs. Now, <laughs> this is this is awesome. I mean, Damian Landon is basically running to the left. This Lion Mountain defender is coming at him, wanting to make the tackle, and Landon basically hands him his lunch with a stiff arm and makes him eat grass. So, <laughs> for anybody who was there in the Troy stands that night, 
you definitely uh, understand the awesomeness of this highlight. But, I mean, he literally put this kid and his lunchbox into the ground. And that was just a, a great night there. But uh, the the last memory of mine, obviously, uh, was Aiden Hauser. And it really pains me to say because, God bless me, I'm a Canton warrior through and through. I am. But that Aiden Hauser night against Canton was – it was just magic. Watching him run, watching the way he just maneuvered on the turf, the way he would just fly, it was effortless. And, you know, to see his effort that night and his performance, that was definitely uh, one of the better memories of mine from this Northern Tier League season. So, yes, those are my uh, top four. No particular order, but uh, I just kind of clumped them by school. But uh, for the most part, yes, those were definitely uh, my favorite highlights of the season. Those are good highlights. I like it, Shane. Very, very good. That's right. So, all right. Are we at a point now where we are ready to coin our – players of the year joe are, are you are you feeling it i think i can do it you think you can do I think it i can do it okay i'm curious to know uh where you go player of the year why would you like me to start player of the year are we do an offensive defense what we, we can doing? do we can do we can do whatever you want to do joe what do you what do you recommend uh well i'll i'll just do player of the year i mean it's easy for me you just <clears throat> talked about him aiden hauser what a what a monster i mean i i think that I think I, I talked about it early in the year. I don't think that Wellsboro offense goes without him. And, I mean, he was just such an offensive force. Uh, broke the Wellsboro rushing title and, and won the rushing title for the league this year as well. So I that's where I stand, Aiden Hauser, player of the year. You know, normally I would have leaned with you. And, yes, I am taking nothing away from Aiden Hauser's senior season. But what I saw out of Damian Landon these last few weeks, it is – so hard for me not to say, you know what, I, I I appreciate the senior, I do, and I believe the senior should get accolades. But Damian Landon, to me, was just, he was a force. And Damian Landon, to me, is player of the year, bar none. And I don't know how the voting's going to go. I have seen no voting. But if somebody were to hand me a ballot and say, okay, pick your player of the year, I would go Damian Landon. Now, I think probably what you're going to see is... Hauser's probably going to get player of the year. I think Landon will get offensive player of the year, but I think they should be flip-flop. I think Landon should be player of the year just because he was the best player on the best team. Troy won the league. That right there should be the deciding factor. He had over 2,000 yards accumulated this year, so I'm going to vote Damian Landon for player of the year. Hauser will get uh, my offensive player of the year. Not. Okay. All right. I, I, that's fine. I, I, I like it. Making me feel bad over here. <laughs> it's okay. Hey, <laughs> this is the way we go. Now, of course, I did a MIP earlier in the season, okay? Now, MIP was my most important player, and that never changed. Uriah Bailey, to me, was the most important player on the field for any team this year because he was the straw that stirred that Canton drink. He had over 3,000 all-purpose yards this year, both rushing and throwing through the air. So Uriah Bailey, to me, was definitely uh, the most important player on the field uh, for any team this year. Hmm. Okay, interesting. I'm going to go about 13 miles down the road the other way. And when I watch Troy, I think that Caleb Binford was one of the most polarizing players for for Troy. I mean – 
The kid was a, a slasher. He was so elusive. And I think he really – I know we talk about Damian Landon, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. But Caleb, he just electrified that offense. He, there were so many times I saw him just break runs and break tackles, and, and kids didn't know where he was on the field. I, I think that he is – a most important player for Troy. I think that if you don't have him, I think the Troy's still okay, but they're not as good without Caleb. Okay. I like that. I like that. Now, defensive player of the year, this is going to be tough for me because I saw a lot of good defensive playing this year. Now, I know at the midpoint of the year, I said Jack Impt, and Jack did nothing at all to sway my vote. But I think I might go co-defensive players of the year because that second half of the season, Carson Steiner at linebacker to me just he just he seemed like he stepped his game up a whole other level for the Canton Warriors. So I, I you know again you can go apples and oranges here. I, I think what you know Imp did on the line to command so many double teams, you know, you always had to account for him. But I thought the second half of the year Carson Steiner just, you know, he played so spectacularly at linebacker. You know, I'm going to be curious to see how the voting goes. But, you know, if Steiner does not get defensive player of the year, I sure hope he finds himself on the first team because that kid, he busted his tail the entire second half of the season. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a great pick. And I – this is tough for me. I love the Steiner pick. I really do. Um, I think that – from a leadership standpoint, uh, I loved Garrett Storch from Canton. I, I think I picked him in the middle of the season, but man, the way that he just anchored that linebacking core this year was was impressive. There's so many times I saw him just directing traffic and and making plays in the, in the the offensive backfield too. I that that's where I go for defensive player of the year. All right, now of course we will do uh, a little uh, special teams love as well. I'm going to give it up for uh, Mr. Nick Williams over in Troy. Williams, uh, returner of the year for me. I mean that kid with the ball in his hands, going uh, whether it be up the field, uh, down the sideline. Regardless, this kid was just magic with the ball in his hands. I mean he started off the season over at uh, Troy against Bald Eagle area. He First on the scene right to start the year. So, yes, for me, Williams, uh, returner of the year for the Northern Tier League. You're not going to believe this, but I also like Nick Williams in that. He he was great. Um, and I'll tell you what, the return game set up a lot of those Troy drives with good field position. So, hats off to Nick Williams. I like the pick. All right. So, that right there pretty much uh, wraps up uh, the Northern Tier League awards. Uh, you know, kind of a special honorary mention just because I like the kid. I thought he really improved this year. But I thought Nick May of Canton was a great punter this year as well. So, I mean, you might be saying, oh, well, that's just a little homerism pick. Well, you know what? Maybe it is, but I don't really care because, you know what, the kid was just uh, – he, he really helped change field position uh, a lot of the time as well throughout this season. So, you know what, Nick May, uh, to me, was uh, the NTL punter of the year as well. And, hey, if you want to do kickers, well – Find me a kicker this year because, uh, you know, a lot of the kickers out there really did well. I'm trying to think off the uh, top of my head. I mean, I know Ben Knapp had a couple of field goals. 
uh, for Canton. Uh, the Hickok kid for Troy, he did really well with extra points. So, I mean, there's a lot of great kickers around the league this year to uh, just pick one. So, yes, you uh, you can leave kicker up to your own uh, kind of devices this year on who you thought was. And then, uh, what, the Singer kid for Wellsboro, too. Yeah, Zach Singer. He, yeah, Zach Singer had, uh, he had a really solid year, too. So, plenty of kickers out there around the league, and uh, I can't remember most of their names. So, I'm just going to let uh, the fans out there kind of pick their kicker of the year. I've got one category I want to talk about, Uh-oh. too. I don't know if it's uh, actually up for voting, but let's talk coach of the year. Mm. You want to talk about that? Mm. I'm with it. All let's right. go. So my pick, and you might, you probably won't be shocked at this one. Okay. I got to pick Tom Dickinson. You know, for what he did with that team. We talked about it earlier. Just he talked about how young his squad was. And I remember I was like, you know, Coach, you guys had a lot of, exciting finishes last year what can we expect from me this year and his exact response was well not that but they still had that they had some marquee wins they find themselves in the district semifinal against i know it's southern columbia but still they played against what we think is going to be the eventual state champion he had his team there at the end so i got to give coach dickinson that award that is awesome you make such a compelling argument i man man Drop that right in my grill this evening. You got you don't got anything. I I do. You can agree. No, 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 no. I I I love where you went with that and the argument and the 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 facts and everything else were fantastic for it. I just you know for me I I got to go with you know the coaching staff that won the league. Got to the semifinals as well. You know, I got to give it up for Coach Jimmy Smith and uh, the Troy Trojans. I mean, from start to finish, they were they were the most complete team all year long. They they never lost focus of their goals, and they just they always played within themselves. And when you have that, and you have the players buying in, for me, that right there is just the tipping cap. And uh, for for my vote. Uh, for NTL Coach of the Year, yes, I would give it to uh, Coach Smith and uh, the Trojan staff. So. And the one reason why I love that pick, too, is with Troy, you always knew what you were going to get. They played with consistency week in and week out. Coach Smith had that team prepared. And I, I loved watching them play. I mean, like we said, they're not flashy, but they were so good at what they did. That's right. So, folks, uh, I got to tell you, we made some, uh, some very great picks there. Now, I'm going to be curious to see. Folks out there, they're going to agree – they're going to disagree. There's going to be debate. And I don't care. Yeah. You know, that's the whole point of this podcast. That's the whole reason we started it. One, to promote. Two, to give opinions. Three, to just spark conversation and make it fun. And that's exactly, you know, what we are doing here on the Northern Tier League Now podcast. And, uh, you know, for all the listeners out there, uh, you know, we hope you spark some debate too. I mean, hopefully, you know, we've made some compelling arguments to maybe uh, change your mind on some things as well. But that is uh, going to wrap up our Northern Tier League football season uh, for 2019. Now, the, the major question is, and, and folks have been asking, well, now that the, the, the fall sports season is done, what are you guys going to do? Uh, we got re- winter sports, people. Yeah, we got. I mean, that's right around the corner. That's very true. Now, of course, uh, some something that uh, we do want to let you know about here, okay? So this is going to be our last podcast uh, for a couple of weeks. 
We're going to take a couple of weeks off. We're going to try and uh, regroup, kind of gather up some info and stuff, get you ready for a winter sports preview after Thanksgiving. So, yes, we want you to uh, kind of kick back. Just uh, go spend some time with your families now over the next couple of weeks. I mean, Joe and I, we've been on the go for this whole fall sports season like crazy. So uh, we're going to take some time, kind of step aside a little bit, gather some info, maybe even, uh, you know, find a time to convene, uh, maybe schedule up some interviews just so we have some audio and stuff that we can bring for a quick winter sports preview. But, uh, yeah, you know, we're uh, we're planning on doing this thing uh, through the fall sports season and uh, into the winter sports season. So that's a uh, winter sports preview coming up for you. So we're looking forward to it. Wrestling, this state. Pennsylvania, you love your wrestling, and we're, we're going to give it to you. All the best coverage oh. you can get. Hey, we've got wrestling. We've got girls basketball, boys basketball. We've got swimming. 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 That's right. So we've still got a lot to cover. But, uh, yes, as we said, we're going to take uh, a little break uh, for the next couple of weeks after this and uh, give ourselves a little time to recharge some batteries and uh, get ourselves prepped up and ready to go for the winter sports season. But uh, at this time, do want to thank all of the coaches uh, this season, also, uh, you know, all of the media guys, Brian Fees, uh, Mitch Rupert, uh, yourself, Garrett Carr, you know, Chris, many, Mass. uh, Chris Massey, you know, many of the other guys who have stepped in and uh, really helped make this podcast go here through the fall sports season. And, you know, without your help and without your time and willingness to come on here, it really, uh, you know, would not have been able to take off and have kind of that uh, little panache that we like to uh, bring here on the NTL Now podcast. And uh, what's really hard to believe, Joe, we talked about this last summer. This is our 15th episode that we've put together of this podcast. Man, what a journey it's been. I, I'm, I'm excited just to see where we're going to go for winter sports. So. That's right. So, folks, get on the uh, Facebook page right now. Go to NTL Now Podcast. Give us a like. Go to Twitter at NTL Now or on Instagram as well, NTL Now Podcast, and uh, give us likes, follow, shares the entire nine yards, and uh, you know, let us know that uh, you are listening. You do appreciate what's going on, and uh, we definitely appreciate all of you listeners out there as well. So, again, uh, for this uh, time around the block on the NTL Now Podcast, I want to thank uh, – Tegan Willie from the Tawanda Lady Black Knights for stopping in here, joining us tonight. Also, uh, Garrett Carr, who's been following the North Penn Liberty Mounties team, covering that for the Tawanda Daily Review. And, of course, uh, all of the listeners out there for joining us here on this edition of the NTL Now podcast. So, Joe, what a fall season we just went through. Woo, I'm a little I'm a little tired, man. It was it was quite the, the sprint to the finish, but man, what a great season. What a great fall sports season to debut this podcast. I mean you couldn't ask for a better better way to start this off. One final time, good luck to the North Penn Liberty Lady Mounties as they head to Cumberland Valley High School Saturday. They will take on North Catholic, the District 7 runner-up state final in the double A bracket scheduled for one o'clock on Saturday. So if you can get there, go to the PIAA website. They've got directions and parking maps and everything there for you as well on where to go. So uh, good luck and best wishes to Coach Jen Nowry and the Lady Mounties as they get ready for the state championship coming up on Saturday. Yeah, good luck, ladies. Go get them. Represent the MTL. All right, so on the other side of the table, 
That's Joe Carrion. Joe, thanks for joining me here through the fall sports season. Oh, anytime, buddy. I'm excited to get winter going, too. All right. I'm Shane Wilbur. Folks, thanks for tuning in to another edition of the Northern Tier League Now podcast. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with the winter sports preview. So stick with us here on the NTL Now podcast. And, of course, NTL Now is another exclusive production of Circle W Sports. Thanks for listening to NTL Now, your Northern Tier League sports podcast. Keep following the Northern Tier League on Facebook and Twitter for more updates on the Northern Tier League. Audio from the NTL Now podcast may not be used without prior consent. Join us next week for more NTL Now, brought to you by Circle W Sports.